0: Welcome to another episode of Talk About That. I'm your host, John. And I'm Johnny.
1: <laughs> was I supposed to? You didn't tell me I was supposed to say that right after.
0: I'm looking at you. I don't know. Johnny. I don't want to
1: interrupt. We interrupt each other.
0: You know, they say 80% of communication is nonverbal, but I don't. Now you finish my sentence.
1: I don't. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure about all that?
0: I don't really buy into that stat that I just made up.
1: I think. One of the things I'm working on myself mm-hmm. uh, this year is I think that I I do a lot of waiting to talk instead of listening, you know? Mm. I'm trying to be a better listener. Because I, I, sometimes I'll be like, I'll finish someone's mm-hmm. sentence for them. Yeah. i will be like, yeah, maybe we should go. And I'll be like, get something to eat. And they'll be like. <laughs> home you know. <laughs> so yeah like, you never want to be that person that's just like just doing that all the yeah. time
0: yeah I, yeah it's um it's easy to do i noticed like um so we we did a thing on wednesday night where we, we we're bringing up like a co-facilitator to me and pastor andrew into our group thing right now but someone yeah. just who's out there and you know that's when it's hard is when, you know, people are listening and you're trying to remember content that, you know, you want to get through in the night yeah. that you also, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those moments where it's easy not to pay attention because it's not just that you don't want to be engaged in the conversation, but your conversation is being overheard by other people and there, right. and there's purposes to it. You know, like yeah. I know when we get done tonight, we want X, X, and X to happen. So no, I agree. So
1: yeah. yeah. You talk about co-facilitator too. I think that makes it hard too. like, I used to do these events and then be like the married couple. Yeah. And it would be really hard for one of the people not to steamroll yeah. the other. Yeah. When you see it, like you don't see a lot of comedy teams. Right. Because of that. Cause one's going to be dominant. Yeah. If you're not careful. Right. Um, very, there's very few. There's a, there's a pair of twins called the Sklar brothers and they're out of, uh, St. Louis, Missouri is where they started. And, uh, they're pretty well-known now. They did a, had a show on ESPN called Cheap Seats where they would like watch old shows. But they're really funny stand-ups. But they do kind of step on each other. But it's in a funny way and they, they seem to have this great rhythm together. And yeah. you never see one without the other really. And it's it's pretty interesting. I think one – I read a story on Twitter the other day that one of them missed a show one time. He uh, was late getting to the show at a club. And so they like Skyped him in or something. Wow! So they still did the show. One was, the on like a, one was on like a monitor, like an AV cart. They rolled it out onto the stage. Wow.
0: <laughs> There'd be no chance that the Wi-Fi network would sustain that if we tried to roll something like that off. No, yeah, because you know you're just oh, you're putting so much. I've always
1: wanted to do that though, like interact with myself at some point in the show, like on the screen. That would be funny, a funny gimmick.
0: You mean like pre-record it?
1: Yeah, pre-record. No, John. Well... <laughs> <laughs> like in the prestige, <laughs> where uh, I've made a duplicate of myself.
0: Obviously, I mean pre-recorded. I just say I don't. I, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's early, John.
1: Wait a minute. You mean cloning? You mean you're going to be? Is it safe or even legal? <laughs> you're a dummy. Oh um, uh, yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, so. What's going on with you this week? What's, Man, how's
0: your week? You know when it's going well. Yeah. Uh, Laura had to travel. So. Um, it, Didn't it, she go to Touchdown Jesus? She South was Bend? at South Bend. Yeah. No. So I went with her earlier in the year because she yeah. has a, a client up there. And we went into the Notre Dame, like um, onto the campus and into yeah. like their, their schools. What do you call those things? School spirit stores. I don't know where I'm going here. Where you go buy things. Generally. I always want to
1: call it the pro shop, but it's not pro. It's the no, amateur uh, shop. They have a th- Right. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they should be.
1: Call, they should call those the amateur show. Really shop. should. Yeah. Uh, the, I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. like the bookstore is basically what it, it is. It,
0: you know what? That's a good word. I think it was a bookstore.
1: a <laughs> <laughs> kid, were kids paying five hundred dollars for a book that's worth eighteen? Then it's a bookstore.
0: I don't know, but the 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 apparel was surprisingly affordable because usually, like, if you go in the UT shop, you know, just mad. it's like, oh, this shirt you could get online for twenty bucks yeah. and it's fifty. You know, but anyway, I don't like Notre Dame. Um, what's not to like? They've been down a long time. Who, who does like? Look, you either people love who Notre live Dame. In Indiana. Yeah, yeah. You either love, you either love Notre Dame or you hate Notre Dame. Like, but most people I know, because we're down here, they don't. They hate Notre Dame.
1: Well, what happened when we, in the nineties they signed this ten or fifteen year deal with CBS to be NBC? NBC. Yep. And so it was like they were on TV all the time when they were bad. Yeah. So people kept that's what started it. Why do they keep you know, they're not playing right. your team.
0: When well, they weren't in a in a conference either. Yeah, they're
1: not they, showing your team on TV, they're showing Notre Dame and you didn't realize like there's this behind the Because that, they had they had contended for championships in the late eighties, so it was just like this felt like the right move. Isn't
0: that true that they weren't in a conference?
1: They're still in a conference. Okay, the
0: basketball, they're in basketball, a conference. Basketball, they
1: did join the Big East, I and think. And I think
0: there's a real, like, what the heck? You know, are you – because conference – think about how much conference plays into – what happens with us. So you know, you have the conference conversation with Tennessee football. How many times do you see somebody online say, Yeah, but you know, if Clemson was in the SEC, you know, then they would have lost X games because, you know, they would have to play Auburn, Georgia, Alabama back to back. And no matter how good they are, all they had to do is play Duke, Florida State. You know, that when it was like their only real game was Florida State. Right. So you take Notre Dame, but they do play a lot of hard A lot of difficult teams out of other countries. Well, and
1: they've kind of proven that. They've been in two straight national championship games. I think they've proven themselves, John. I think you need to lay off Clemson. They haven't been.
0: I'm talking about Notre Dame
1: now. Oh, Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. I think think Clemson's amazing. Oh. And I will not stand for your (laughs) baseless accusations. So remember that part about listening.
1: Marty is – my buddy Marty Simpson is a – Former Gamecock player. So he played for South Carolina. Yeah, he was a kicker. He was a kicker for four years. The bad years. The first SEC years. He scored the first six SEC points for South Carolina. That's the trivia question. Wow. Wow. Uh, and I think they lost the game like 22-6. to six. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. what he, uh, But he did score the first six. But so they hate Clemson. That's the big. It's a yeah. huge interstate rival. And so he does these videos during rivalry week for the last how many ever years? During what? Rivalry week. It's hard to say, isn't it? Rivalry, week, rivalry. Easy for you to say. He does these videos, and one of them was about. I didn't know this, but Clemson evidently releases like thirty thousand orange balloons every home game. Yeah, and it's a big huge. Have you seen this? It's mm-hmm. this big huge thing. So Marty did this thing where he went around <laughs> asking people in the parking lot, not saying he was a South Carolina fan, like, "What do you think about the balloons?" And they were like, "We love it. We love the balloons." Because you ever think about where the balloons go? I don't know. They just just burst. You don't know where thirty thousand balloons. It's it's you know whatever. How many home games a year? You know, six home games a year. How many years they've been doing it? He added it up. It's like how many million balloons? He's like, he goes, "What's happening to the balloons?" So he does this this documentary (laughs) style, and so he called the video "Death from Above." And he was trying to, like, taste, say it had this huge impact on the environment. And then he told me he was filming it. And I was like, dude, this is amazing. So he went at some point. He was driving in his car when he was filming that video. And he saw this dead deer on the side of the road. And he went and he tied. <laughs>
0: no, he did
1: not. He tied, like, these half-deflated orange balloons. <laughs> onto a dead deer on, uh, Like with a ribbon, you know. He tied the rope, the <laughs> string of it, around this dead deer. So you couldn't see the deer's head. It was just, like, covered in balloons. And he was just like, I bet the last thoughts of this deer were, why now? Why like this? Or was it like that?
0: (laughs) So do you want to know a weird connection to this story? Okay. So my friend Mike Hamilton. Blows
1: up the balloons. No.
0: My friend Mike Hamilton. Oh, former, yeah. Former uh, athletic director at Tennessee, uh, who we worked on a couple, you know, writing things. And he works with uh, Show Hope, the adoption agency and other things. He got his start so he was a Clemson grad yeah and so he went to Clemson got his start he he started the balloon thing oh wow and mike started a lot of those things with the i forget the name of the organization it's a different name it's a it's a acronym but there's an organization that Mike was key in leading, in the balloons Just campus
1: spirit organization kind of
0: thing. Uh, it was in the— Don't tell
1: me the balloons, like, help charity or something.
0: No, no, no. But it was, like, in the athletic okay. department, and he was, like, a grad assistant in that department kind of thing, I think. Yeah. And then—so, anyway, very, yeah, interesting. So we should get them both to talk to each
1: other. <laughs> Death from above. About. But, dude, I gave this—because, like, as the credits are rolling on the video, like, I gave him the idea of, like, find all the, like— uh, Whatever the Al Gore photos of what's happening to the environment, you know the uh, what is it called? Inconvenient Truth photos yeah. of like the the polar bear alone on the iceberg that's melting around him. You know, and he's just floating like nowhere to go. I was just like put balloons around. See, so he photoshopped all these balloons around the edge of the. I mean, I think he put him coming out of the blowhole of a huge like whale. <laughs> like the b- the blow was like blowing out
0: old and the balloons are still inflated, right?
1: I don't know. Okay. It's like pieces, there's some pieces in there too okay. cuz that's what happens They burst. Right right, 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 right. Anyway, Jeez. Clemson fans did not like it. And did now they they've discontinued it? the balloons. So they've stopped doing it
0: because of the video.
1: Well, Marty says I'll take all the credit, but I hadn't there was zero research. And it should be obvious by watching it, but he gets so much hatred from Clemson fans who are like, "You're the reason, you know, it's so funny."
0: Oh my god. Beautiful. That that,
1: that fuels Marty though. He's that kind of guy where it's just like, yes. if you write an angry comment in all caps, he's like, "I've I've won. You're yeah. you're this upset." He loves it. See, I'm not made that way. No, me neither. No, I don't like it. I did a show one time. It was just like I'd been on Twitter like seven months. I did a show for the second time at a, sh- at a university, Christian University in missouri and so i was being brought back to do the freshman orientation whatever so it's a different group every year mm-hmm. so i could feasibly do it every year mm-hmm. do the same material but i did and i did some new stuff but either way they were bringing me back and this time they were inviting former students they invited you know in other words they were inviting uh, upperclassmen so some people who had been the year before as freshmen were invited to now so i get this tweet uh Somebody had, like, copied me. It was the first time I'd ever experienced that where somebody at replied and they used my handle and said, oh, great. Johnny W's coming back to Evangel. Said no one ever. This was like 2011 (laughs) when that was still a thing. Said no one ever was like a big (laughs) dig, you know. And it destroyed me. I was just like, what did I do? I wanted to confront the person. Oh, no. I would never do that now. But I was, like, really young into it. And I was just like,
0: what? And they were just trolling.
1: Yeah, they were just yeah. being – they were trying to be whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe – what did I do? They laughed. I don't –
0: it was yeah. just – it really bothered me. Yeah. There's that – I forget who I was talking with this week about that. You, if you put out anything, yeah, anything you're going to do that is not just within the confines of your own home and yeah. family and even then, then you are going to have somebody who doesn't like what you do. And that's so so hard. Yeah, even if it's
1: just like one percent. Yeah. If you get a million views, that one percent suddenly is a lot of people. Yeah. So if you just read every hateful comment, you can mm-hmm. be like, "Oh my gosh." It's that's the thing. Is like, what do you think about that of a voting? Like voting on, I know voting on like pastors one thing, but like there's some churches who vote on everything. Right.
0: Uh, we've. So we recently changed our constitutional so we had a constitution anyway that the only thing you ever voted on was it was 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 pastor anyway or a large financial deal. There was a requirement to right, so you was, can keep
1: absolute control. I understand.
0: Right. That's you know that's, that's the, the goal.
1: Well uh, It's interesting that it's called a constitution too. It makes you sound like you're the founding fathers.
0: It does. It's and very I actually you know, and I'll nerd out on some of this so you'll have to draw me back. But was there a Continental Congress of sorts? <laughs> Who's the Paul Revere of church constitutions? Well, that's what I want to that's, know. Anywho, I don't think Paul Revere had anything to do with the Constitution, but because people don't know that there was ten years with no Constitution. But anywho, who, who cares about the Articles of Confederation? So
1: that's what I want to know. I, <laughs> I did visit Philadelphia and the whole thing about them being the capital for a time and all that. That was really fascinating to me. I like that stuff.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love that. We're going to Boston in the fall for an anniversary trip. And, oh, okay. Uh, kind of do a little history walk. That'll be a things, Paul Revere right? thing, right? Wasn't that near Boston? Yeah. yeah. Wow, it, the
1: midnight ride. Uh, Wasn't there another dude, Dawes, that gets like no credit? Yeah, uh, he gets nothing. But I remember him. Yeah. There was a comedy writer who wrote a story, uh, a book of short stories, and one of them was like a six-page thing from the perspective of Paul Revere's horse. And now he didn't get any credit. And nice. It was his idea, even. We should ride through the... <laughs> Oh, that's a great idea. And then he yeah. goes, and then he ties me to a post and he goes inside to celebrate. And I was yeah. like, well, he'll be back. It's just a really funny, funny idea. <laughs> anyway, go ahead with your church. Uh, I I'm sure say, it's fascinating. John. Yes, I'm sure it's very fascinating.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think my issue with the marriage of American democratic yeah. ideals to biblical structure yeah. it, is it may be the best – up to now human system, but it's still far from biblical and it does get us, it gets us in trouble. Like, so I'm not, again, I'm a history teacher, you know, I have a, yeah. so I'm, I'm totally pro American government. Like everybody understood, I'm not, I'm not anti democracy. Uh, I'm just, I think though, that the ideals, again, we, we use that example before the two little root systems get so intertwined that people no longer know in church world Where the biblical system and the earthly system, you know, stop and end. So when you're voting, voting's not in the Bible. That that that, that's the 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 truth. I'm for voting. Am I making this clear, Johnny? Man, for my for my for my for the politicians and the the people. Son of a gun. (laughs) But in the Bible, um, that really wasn't. That really wasn't the way that it worked. In the early church, certainly, you know, it wasn't a voting thing. Now they would gather together all the leaders and they would they would just come to consensus and decide and seek God's counsel. And the reason we don't do that is is we don't trust leaders. And right. often we have good reason not to trust leaders.
1: Well and if you go the other direction of it though, if you if you say, well, we're gonna be very spiritual about this, then it's like you could have like a flaky person saying, "God told me."
0: Oh, sure, no, there will be no yeah.
1: vote because God appointed me. I think. How could you ever argue with that guy?
0: I think people. I think. I think that early systems of church governance in the United States were put in place for good reason. Yeah. Because yes, you know, if you don't have Paul or Peter at the table, and somebody's misusing that system and just claiming authority, so I, I understand why it's there. Yeah. I think you know where we've gone to is kind of a hybrid. And a lot of churches have. So instead of like we're not going to look, if we come together to vote on everything, yeah. then you're just number one, your church membership is often not, you know, as vested as elders or leaders will be. They're mm-hmm. they're there and they're excited, but it doesn't mean that they're when
1: well, they can see the long throw, they can see pitfalls and
0: yeah, you got elders to go, look, I'm in this and 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 then the members the members are a part, you know. What we do now, we have an eldership model. um Members then don't have voting privileges. Members are a part of a spiritual body. That you know, that's our thing. And so, there there is a voting body, though, of yeah. a, a larger group of elders. So, um, and you know, the deal is though, we had the other for so long, and in fourteen years, they never voted on one thing except changing the constitution to go to this model, right? So, you know, because if you're not going to have a new pastor, that's really the only time that it, that those things matter. So, I'm not opposed. I get bringing in a pastor. To let members meet them and all those things, yeah, I, I do think it would be.
1: It is weird though; those Sundays where you're like auditioning, that pastor's yeah, kind of auditioning. Tryouts. he's singing for his supper. It's a weird moment.
0: That's when I would rather. I think it would be healthier if if there were elders in place that the people were that they trusted, you know, to say, "Yeah, hey, I'm, we're going to really vet this process and do this." And as you guys decide, because here's the deal: your vote really is your attendance. <laughs> I just, and it's okay. We don't need complete. We don't need everybody to be in complete agreement on everything. Like that's not the yeah. body of Christ either. It's okay that you have a dissenting viewpoint. We got to learn how to actually deal with conflict and deal with disagreement. I think that's a big problem. The reason we vote right is it now shuts down the opposing viewpoint and now the the majority wins when it could be that the body is is enriched by a proper biblical respectful, forgiving, gentle, you know, dialogue. Whereby we're okay walking away saying that somebody doesn't agree with me, or that we both are able to listen to one another to the point that we come to a better conclusion that was neither one of ours but somewhere in the middle. But that sounds all too idealistic, though. That is the biblical way. That's the biblical way, but it's hard. <laughs> and and so, I disagree
1: with everything you just said. So let's test your <laughs> let's test your theory, Johnny. Anyways. I
0: understand that you disagree, <laughs> and with gentleness I respond and it's, say it's okay. I still love you, even if you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, no anyway I'm, I'm cool with it i get it why people do it and and, and there's there's because i'm sure somebody's listening going well yeah but i was in a church where like you said it's some, a tough situation some to guy go got the, some guy got yeah. leadership and he was the wrong guy and no i could do anything about it so i understand right. that why we have it i just think that it, we cannot did you grow up in a church like that though
1: where they had to nah. audition people ever
0: no because my i grew up my grandfather right
1: church, your grandfather's yeah. church yeah, it is a weird moment. I went to Christian school that had a church attached. You know, it was a church and school. Uh, and they had a pastor there for many years who was beloved, much beloved. Um, and he had an affair hmm. with somebody who he was marriage counseling. Hmm. So it was a total, like, prototypical
0: church moral failure. Well, but that's a double whammy because you you're literally abusing the power Mm -hmm. the authority that you had to do good and the
1: people loved him so much that they made her out to be Mm -hmm. the temptress awful person she she uh was a member of that church of course her daughter went to that school was a cheerleader Mm -hmm. was just it was a huge mess so when i started probably junior high they were in their the process of their church, which we had chapel. I didn't go to church there because I grew up Pentecostal. They were a Baptist school, and so which I got grief for all the time. But they, I had heard they were interviewing, so they would have. I mean, they must have run twelve or thirteen guys through there mm-hmm. on different Sundays that were basically let's. And I don't know if they voted right then. I think there was a council watching, and then they chose another guy. And then he would do the chapels because the pastor of that church would do the chapels. So I loved the guy they chose. I thought he was great. But I just kept hearing from kids that were part of that damage. They were like, oh, Pastor so-and-so, you know, he they'll never fill his shoes. And I was like, well, I don't know that he needs to have his shoes filled, you know. Wow. But I think it's okay. Like there is forgiveness, there's grace and all that. But it's the idea of too of – which we have never really talked about this before, this idea of if you have this moral failure and you're this leader of – of people and you're like, well, let's restore. That's the biblical way. But does that mean put right back in the same situation that caused the problem in essence? You know, Ted, Ted uh, Haggard, great example. Yeah. You know, he led, not only he led one of the largest churches, he was a, he was over a body that led like 20 something thousand other churches or something. Right. So he was <clears throat> over a huge evangelical organization. When he had his scandal and, you know, they did HBO documentary about it and it was very pointed at the church for not restoring him or they turned their back on me and all this. It's like, go run a soup kitchen. Right. If you still feel like you're called to ministry, don't, you don't have to necessarily be the leader of something anymore. That's seen on TV every week. I just don't understand that idea of like it immediately. You want to blame somebody. Yeah when you made your own situation, I'm fascinated by like your thoughts on what, what's the role of the church when there's a moral failure? What yeah. are the limits? What are, when do when do you go, all right, you're done. Like, obviously if it involves like a child or something, we have limits in our culture. Right. Like, you know, like if, if there's, if you cheated on your wife with another woman, like this pastor did, he was in a position of authority, but it's different than being in a position of authority. And then there's a child involved or something. Right. Like what we saw in the cat with the Catholic church. Uh, and then we they covered it up and all that. Like, there's so much outrage, and there should be. So, there's limits. And then there's some people that are just like, it, it doesn't matter. And we're going to support this anointed person of God. The call of God is without repentance. Like, at what point does somebody forfeit that and, and all that? What is your opinion on all that?
0: Yeah, I think it's <clears> the <throat> most difficult question imaginable. So, thanks for that.
1: Yeah, I'm um, glad to help. <laughs> You've got 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> um, you know, I think that the anointed one mindset has gotten us to a lot of bad places. Yeah. Um, Because I think scripture actually calls those who are in the highest levels of leadership to greater accountability, not less. Um, I don't think that means it's a witch hunt or demonizing people because of their authority. And that happens too. But I think that – I think – and this may not seem like the answer everybody wants to the question, but I think it's necessary for me. Yeah. Because everybody wants a well, you know, yes, forgive, no forgive, or don't forgive, and, and, and everything's real summed up. I really believe the reason that people at any level of spiritual leadership have these kinds of failures is because they're not experiencing a fullness of transparency within. I mean, in fact, Andrew's been talking about this a lot. He's been going to a lot of meetings with pastors. So you'll have 20, 30 pastors in the room, and there'll be – somebody will ask them – Do you have anybody in your church that you are accountable to that that you can trust? And most of them say no. All of their accountability that they have to find is to be sought outside of the community they're in because it's not acceptable either in their minds or other people's minds for the person leading you to actually struggle with the same things that they're leading you to, to overcome. So these guys are just teaming up with other pastors, but then within their community, it doesn't, it doesn't exist because it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be tolerated. Yeah. That is the problem. So, because if we can't be real within the actual communities that we're, that we're serving in, or much less that we're growing in, then we're actually like trying to perpetuate or sell. I'm going to use this term, a product that we don't use. So we're telling everybody else Mm -hmm. inside that room, hey, you should all be sharing this life and your weaknesses and all these things to everyone else. But I'm going to go do that elsewhere, not here.
1: But some of that's the expectations of the church members. In other words, we can say, well, why isn't the pastor being accountable to us? I want him in my life group. But if he did say something that was just this, he dropped a bomb in your life group, that he struggles with porn or something, let's say – would you then write him off? Well, he doesn't need to be my pastor anymore. He struggled. He's just like me. Geez, like would you then? Yeah. So I think it's it's
0: it's hard to know where the chicken of the egg. Well, is Well, I at. think one, it doesn't mean he's accountable to the whole church. <clears throat> yeah, I think that he needs to find trusted community where he can be accountable somewhere within within that church. That that's something we've been saying a lot from the beginning of mm-hmm. some of our new our new processes is. We're not saying you need to be sharing your deepest, darkest secrets with everybody in the church, but we are saying it should be happening somewhere. Yeah. If it's not happening anywhere within it, then you're, it's not even, it's not just an exposing. That's not our point either. The point is not, oh, let's expose all the embarrassing things. It's that without light in those places, then you are hiding something that's hurting you. Yeah. Like it's hurting you to to carry this thing in the back that nobody knows about. And then putting on this other mask because you really want to be good. You really want to be Christ-like, all those things. But the way to become Christ-like is to allow Christ to deal in the light with the things that you're dealing with to be transparent. And if you don't have a safe place to do that, then it's just this vicious cycle. You didn't set out to be fake, but you end up now having areas of your life that are fake that you don't expose to it because you have no trusted place to come to because that's not the context that we've all that's not the premise of the whole gospel for us the premise of the whole gospel is that you can be you that jesus already knows who you are Mm. he already gets it you're not hiding anything and that he that god's people can be a place where you are actually not just working through those things it's not just therapy but that jesus also does a work in you supernaturally because you are courageous enough to not present yourself as someone that you're not and no. and I think if you get that whole idea that the mess is out front, yeah. Um, like I think about that we talked about it before. I just think about Paul's opening line is always it's it, it, we've we've made it so we we've summed it up as some almost sacred thing that he's on stained glass. But Paul's opening line is, guys, you know what? I'm you know what? I'm crying because he said that I will come to them with tears and yeah. trembling. I think he had a trouble getting it out. Like okay, here's his big moment to preach his big sermon to people who've never heard about Jesus, and he's in the corner trembling. And like I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, I came and he's got tears in his eyes. Guys, I'm going to do this because this is what's important. But you need to know something. I used to kill people. I used to enslave women and and men alike because of the thing I'm going to talk to you about. And the only reason the shame doesn't crush me, he's not he's not doing the tears out of shame. I just think this is still a difficult topic. He's leading with his brokenness, and because his he had such a drastic thing, I think he was. He stayed in touch with it. He never stopped considering himself the chief of sinners, never yeah. stopped being amazed by what true grace was. He never, he never walked past that. And I think that we've just stopped. You know, we, we had a big discussion at a table Wednesday night about it that, you know, well, I don't have this story or that story. So when a pastor thinks he doesn't have a, he doesn't really understand, uh, and, and I get this cause this has been me. But I think this is what's happening uh, to, uh, to your scenario. Yeah. I, think, I think when when a pastor doesn't consider the the price of what was paid to be as great for his brokenness as for someone else who is the you know the pornographer or uh, the the person who is trafficking or all those things. Well, I'm not that bad. Any anytime we have an "I'm not that bad" yeah. mentality, it's completely cultural. It's not biblical. And, and there are biblical levels of human consequences that will come for different things. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, th- that's just that's just Proverbs. That's just wisdom. You're going to go shoot somebody, then, yeah, you're going to go to jail. Yeah. Okay? And if I'm going to tell a lie today, I'm not, most likely. So it depends <laughs> on what I lie about, I suppose. Now, if you're lying about someone you shot, Johnny, I don't even know where to begin.
1: Uh, man, that's – there's layers.
0: But this, but this like, idea that – I'm not trying to make myself – out to be worse than I am. I'm trying to discover how bad I was the whole time and that that's actually a, big, a huge part of the good news. Yeah, People who don't know they need to be rescued don't get rescued. Yeah, They're not looking for it. They're not grateful for it. They're not – and so I think a guy thinks, well, I've been in – I'm, I'm the leader here. I'm doing great, and these people are in trouble, and he's in trouble the moment he thinks that. And the reason he thinks that is he's not sitting in a group. In his house, I don't mean like. Oh gosh, it sounds like I'm I'm perpetuating groups and promoting groups, Johnny. Groups by the life group today. My goodness, groups have to happen by definition to have a community of some sort. You got to be in a group of people. So I I get it. I'm not talking about the church systems, but if I don't sit across a table from you and say, "Hey, dude, you know what? I had this thought about this other woman. I shouldn't have had." Hey, dude, you know what? I'm struggling with greed. Because I, you know I, I, I have this earthly security thing, and and, I, and when I even when I dream, I mean, I'm not even doing anything. But when I dream in my mind about things, it's always me having more, having more, having more. And I think that maybe yeah. I have a problem here. If I've never had a safe place to do that, where you're sitting with me in that body, and that people know I do that, they don't yeah. have to know what all it is, but they should know I'm doing that. They should know that. And when they don't, then it's just a matter of time before I feel so superior. But yes, some lady comes in and she's struggling in her marriage, and she's vulnerable, and I am invincible, and that's just a recipe scripturally for disaster. Right. And then, by the way, the, this is this is the irony of it all: the very thing that we were trying to prevent, the very thing we were acting as if we had, which is that I am not. I have now <clears throat> I now believe I'm not susceptible to this same temptation or sin because I have overcome it. And so, because I wasn't living in the light, what happens? Eventually, the light completely exposes the very thing that if I just would have lived out in a community, it didn't have to destroy me. And now, the light that exposes it and it destroys everything. It's yeah. coming either way. We might as well live. We might as well live in a place where we're we're being honest about it, because it's it's that it all is going to come to light. It comes to light here. It comes to light for eternity. And usually, it comes to light in leadership, regardless. And you can't hide it anyway. So there you go.
1: No, I like that. Well, that was way longer than 30 seconds. I like uh, – it's, it's an interesting thing to talk about, that whole thing of like the the cult of personality, pastor, that he's the spiritual one. He's the one that has the super secret handshake relationship with God. So we can by proxy – we believe in this, this guy and he really believes in God enough for all of us. But, because, but the price of that is that he gets to just be behind closed doors – and we don't know what's going on, but we assume it's all good. Hey, we're going to give our money, but we don't need a business report. We just assume that the church is doing good work. Right. And so we give him way longer leash because of that perceived hyper spirituality. And that's the reason for the downfall. It's like, I'm fascinated by that. And then the idea that you can just at any moment, say God told me and somebody will fall in line with that. You know, it goes back to camp. I mean, I remember camp was like the, for both these conversations. One was like the I wish I had a testimony that good. We hate our testimony. Tim Hawkins has a thing. You know, he always talks about like the guy would kind the guy would come to our church and sometimes he would share his testimony and I'd be like, My testimony stinks compared <laughs> to this guy. I wish I was addicted to crack, you know. <laughs> and uh we envy testimonies. So like that's the big pop. It's like God rescued me from this and so we, we're almost making an idol of the sin sure. rather than about talking about how good God is. Cause we're like, man, this guy was in bad stuff, and you get excited about the outrageous details of what he did and the debauchery. So, like, so we'd have like testimony Thursday at camp, yeah, and kids would come up and they would start their testimonies, you know, and uh,
0: top that testimony, top that testimony
1: it was the yeah. big game show, uh, and then you just handing a handing a seventh grader or an eighth grader a microphone is like handing them a loaded gun. Oh yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. Oh, They're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. They're going to randomly just—it's just—it's unbelievable. I, youth directors who did this, I, God love you. I don't know what you were thinking, but I mean, I know you thought you had the best of intentions. But I remember one time. Do you remember this? When we were at we were at the
0: camp, and this girl got up. By no, way, it a, I've d- I've done this before, so I'm one of your guys. This, it was either, I am the cautionary tale.
1: This girl got up and she said, uh, "I just want to thank God for." saving me, and he, she was doing very generic stuff, and then she said, and this, uh, he, this during the Wednesday night service, he revealed to me who I'm going to marry. Oh, I forgot about that. And it just took all the the pain away, because I don't have to worry anymore. Mm-hmm. I know who it is. And then she said the boy's <laughs> name. Billy. <laughs> she said the boy's name who was there, at which point, she's 16 or whatever. At which point he wants to crawl underneath the back row, you know, and just like,
0: please don't do this here. Because now he has to disobey God.
1: He has to disobey if God he if he breaks wanna... up with her. Right. And I just thought, what a fascinating thing. So the hyper-spiritual, like, God told me mentality, now that's – that we talk about with megachurch pastors sometimes, that's now going to be their existence. Like, what? when does it end, you know, yeah. with with this uh, girl? I mean, it could be like, could be like I don't know. What do you want to eat tonight? So if you do marry her, where are you? Where do you want to eat tonight? I don't know. Anything? Applebee's? God told me chilies. <laughs> like, is it ever? Does it ever end? You can't
0: even. Well, I'm getting something. Skillet. Getting I'm picking something. up a. Yeah. You know, it, I, and that's what's so funny is if you had people, you know, and again, it, be clear here. I've handed microphones to kids before. After a while, you start learning, like, hey, what are you going to say? That's yeah, yeah, I tell, you direct them. Hey, help me know what you're going to say here. And let's or make- you set
1: them up with a sentence. Yeah. Hey, right. let's talk about your uh, history with your family. Yeah. That way they can t- be specific instead of just going off yeah. on there.
0: But, it, you know, when you do have that environment of a kid does that, a lot of leaders from. That mindset will then go oh I can't believe they said that, but then you do want to point out like guys, the reason they said that is is that's the only kind of leadership they've ever seen, yeah, spirituality equals God speaks to me and told me to come do this camp, or God told me to yeah and and God does speak to us and but you know there's this and and I think that what we want is for God to tell us what we're going to do so that we like she said i don't have to worry anymore, yeah. And that's not at all the scriptural way. Like it never happened. It never happened. And if he ever did tell you what you're going to do, like it wasn't, it was because you were going to need that because you're about to go to prison or whatever. So he told Joseph, you know, it, through dreams, you know, that you're going to, you know, there was a, there was a hint that you're going to do something great. Mm-hmm. But, but it was only so Joseph would not lose heart. Right. It was on the other side of, years right. of slavery and yeah. prison imprisonment. You know, it wasn't like that was a, yay, you know, it was a, um, yeah, you're going to need this. For most people, it's what he wants from you is that you will trust him and live with other people and the wisdom he's given through scripture. So that when you're going to pick a, you're going to pick a husband or a wife that is not, yes, seek his counsel. Yeah. And yes, listen to the internal impressions of those things. And then also... Sit with somebody who's been married a long time who's doing this in the way you want, and sit with other friends and talk through pros and cons that's good too, because out of an abundance of counselors, there's safety for you. but that's a process that we don't want. If we begin to build it where instead of just we're just we're just um, assembling random counselors for big decisions instead of living in a life where we're constantly surrounded by that counsel, so the big decisions and little decisions alike are kind of coming forth more naturally, there. yeah. I'm living in that place. But yeah, the reason you get test top that testimony, you know, and that someone's going to say that I know now how God is leading me is that it's that's a lot easier. So in theory, it's actually well, it's not. like it's uh
1: it's like the conversation killer. All you got to do is just say, God yeah. told me or. Yeah. But I mean, that's an interesting thought you brought up, though, of like God sometimes protects us from knowing everything except the next step. You know, because if you did know, like, let's say you knew the day you were going to die. Right. If God just allowed you to know it, that would be a crushing thing. You think it would be great because you'd be like, well, I know I have 12 years. Right. Uh, I got 12 years to get it together. But then it's like you would.
0: There'd be no your whole
1: life would change. It's like Doc Brown knowing that the Libyans are coming. He yep. didn't want to know at first. Then you see he's taped the letter together or whatever. But first, when he's, when he finds out that he could know, he tears the letter up or whatever. Yep. We're supposed to tear the letter
0: up, I think, John, spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Marty said, uh, no, certain... doc, <laughs> no, no. I I think it's a fascinating, I'm, I'm rereading that just do something book. I just, it's one of those. I just, am always in on my phone if I have a few seconds. Cause it's so, it's so fascinating But he just points out God, God. That was never God's main purpose. Literally, the focus of a of individual American Christianity is to try to discern God's will of direction for your life. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if if I pray with anybody, it's about I I don't. I have this decision. You know, I mean, having a crisis to pray about is one thing, but it's almost always about direction too. Especially when you're younger. I think it's for everybody. Should I go here? Should I go there? Should I go to this church? Should I go to this church? I had, a, you know, should I take up this job? Change this job? And it's like and I said something to somebody last week, and it sounds really almost sacrilegious, but I said, like, I don't think God cares. Yeah, I was like, no, do about like a job, right? Don't misunderstand me. God cares deeply about every detail of your life, and by the way, He's sovereign, and your life is already written in His book. But does God want you? To know what's in that book. Yeah. He doesn't.
1: Yeah. If Sadie gets old enough to like work a job and then she leaves Chick fil A to go work at Coles, you're not going to love her less. Really? You're right. like, man, why would she leave that oh. job? Chick fil A was where, that's what I had for her. Right. She
0: missed I it. I wanted
1: the free sandwiches. <laughs> 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 that, I, that, there might be bitterness there.
0: Right. Because no. what are you going to get at well, Kohl's? Who among us, right? You yeah. want a 10%. They don't serve sandwiches at Coles. No,
1: not now. They should. Well, it's an idea. I've taken sandwiches in the Kohl's. Have you just <laughs> snuck in a sandwich? You're like, it's going to be a while. Laura's, sh- Laura's a shopper.
0: You know what bugs me about Coles and about every – you know what? If they would just put seating for those of right. us who are not shopping, just put a dude chair in there in every want, store. They don't want you
1: loitering. They don't want you there. Well,
0: I promise I won't even look up. I won't make anybody the feel – That thing is though – yeah, because if you wander around, you look suspicious. You look worse. Now yeah. I'm hanging out. So let's just say Laura's trying on swimsuits. Now I'm yeah. hanging out in the swimsuit department. Right. Because I have nowhere else to go, you know. Right. So you I break, have no choice but to try out of, on some swimsuits.
1: And break out a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. and, I got some marinara on this one, so <laughs> just bring it up.
0: It's a two-piece, though. The
1: bottoms are fine. Uh, yeah. Anyway.
0: It got weird. How did I end Dude, up in a –
1: You ended up in a toothpaste in that scenario.
0: <laughs> With sandwich cheese.
1: That's 100% true story.
0: <laughs> I can't believe it. But you, I think if you really came down to it, how much of your daily, actual, functional Christianity is asking God what's going to happen to let you know what you All should right. do? Or I've done something, and I'm asking God to either support it or
1: yeah protect and, you from the consequences yeah, of it
0: and it's like it 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 and how many people are most disgruntled with God because God did not tell them so now they made a decision it didn't turn out well, and they feel like God abandoned them in it and the, the truth is God's with them in the bad decision, he's helping, and they don't even know the level of how much worse that could be affecting them because you know something with Sadie. You know, Sadie and I were having a thing the other night. It was, it was, a. <laughs> Laura was on a trip. Mm-hmm. I had this thing of, of, uh, soda water and we love fizzy waters. And then I had this, and I was cutting up a lime just to put in the soda water. And so she saw the lime and she immediately, she loves to work in the kitchen. She said, "Oh, can I cut some lime? I said, okay, you know, don't hurt yourself kind of thing. And I know she hates soda water. So she goes to pour soda water in this cup. And I said, honey, don't waste, because there's not that much left. I said, don't waste the soda water. Oh, daddy, no, I won't. I said, she said, I'll drink everything I put in there. Right. I said, Sadie, you hate soda water. And you're going to waste my soda water because you're not listening to me. Okay? So don't do it. It's okay, daddy, I'll drink everybody. I was like, okay. So what do you think happens? She puts it in, hates it. Right. Squeezes the lime, hates it, goes over and puts sugar in it, trying to make it sweeter. Hates it still. And, and she has this, like, really um, – um, this gag reflex that's sensitive, you know. Oh, wow. And God. so – and I had to be that guy. But I said, Sadie, you're going to drink – you're 10 now. You're going to drink every drop of this. Wow. I warned you three it's times. It's like you locked
1: her in the closet to smoke all the cigarettes or whatever, like the, <laughs> that's the old –
0: You don't come out of there until you've – Until you've you, drank
1: this soda water.
0: You have chewed this entire package of chewing tobacco. So <laughs> I said, Sadie, honey – this is the thing I, t- I told you, yeah. I-, I helped you in this moment and you, you wanted your own way, you know, but here's the deal. I actually told her what would be helpful in this scenario of finding God's will. I actually told her what would happen and she still didn't want to do it. I wonder. I think there's so many principles of wisdom that we're not applying, looking for a specific answer. It's like, God, should I marry this person? God's word is filled with wisdom on the right. right, who, to person. right. And who to
1: be around and who how, to avoid.
0: How it works, how, you know, if 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 a person's a complainer, this is what it does. In your by the way. way,
1: my favorite scripture about relationships is, it's better to sleep on the roof of a house <laughs> yeah. than to live inside it with a quarreling wife.
0: Yep. That is... Or husband that was just written by a man. So if it have been written by a woman, it could be the, the husband too. It's, it's <laughs> true of both. It's true of both. You made it. So. Okay, that's fine. Not, look, Solomon was not the guy you're going to put speaking at the women's conference. You know well, and that's saying? true. And so, Solomon
1: had like these ornate like castles and you know, huge temples. And th- I mean, he had a pretty big Sleeping mansion. on his roof. He probably sleeping had. on his roof is probably like a nice.
0: <laughs> he had like a penthouse. He, he did. did. He was like, he better, oh, it's way better on the man, roof. I got to go up here to this penthouse now.
1: Where one of one or 12 of my concubines is probably.
0: Right. She's already up here. I have a thousand wives. and
1: Wow, um, the wisdom of that scripture is suddenly, suddenly fleeting. We've
0: deflated it a yeah. little bit, but that's the point, though. Like, in the, in, 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 I'm not harping on this, Johnny, but it's everything. It, it's everything. The reason I'm harping on it is because it's true. Like, if we would have lived in the kind of relationships God has for us, then we never would have spent six months dating a dude that we have no business marrying because somebody in our life would have loved us well enough, and we would have let them in enough to say, "Hey, right? He's kind of he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he doesn't." Y'all don't have anything in common, doesn't treat you with respect, doesn't listen to you, doesn't have a future here. All these things would be okay to say without them being offensive. How dare you talk about my relationships? Why don't you just love me the way that I am? Loving you the way that you are is where we start, you know, and we always have that. I love you just how you are. Absolutely. And you're hurting yourself. You literally keep stabbing yourself with a knife in the knee. And I don't like that for you because you're in pain all the time, and it gets infected. So, hey, I love you enough to also tell you, here's how to not stab yourself in the in the knee with a knife, Johnny. God, what well, that is yeah, that, beautiful. It's, I think I heard that in a song.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: stab myself in the knee with a knife. I think is a Marilyn Manson tune. It's uh... <laughs> he's uh...
0: no, I, I just I I just think. Then you could say, God, yes, guide me. And that was the other thing in the book. There's a difference between God guiding you and God telling you everything to do. But guiding means that you're going to keep rowing and I'm going I'm to keep adjusting the rudder. Yeah. But you're going to have to keep going forward. You're going to have to keep moving and, and doing these things. But if you're going to stop and wait, asking me to row like I am. I'm the current. I'm the – in all the metaphors. I'm the boat. I'm the water. I'm all of it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move. I'm asking you to go. Yeah, and then it's just okay, and so I think I think in those that seems to be the theme today. In those scenarios, and how many how many things in life are we just not going because we're sitting back waiting, even upset that God's not telling us where to go? When yeah. it's like, hey, row and go the ways that are. I love that we said all the time that that this is the way. Walk in it, not like north necessarily, but like if you decide to go north because it seems the best to you. fact, like there's a great scripture where the early church fathers come together and say, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I think it's how this actually, like we think this is where God's leading us. And this also makes sense to us in the natural. That's a great way to make decisions. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to me. I don't feel anything in my heart saying, oh, this is awful, you know, kind of thing. But even if I feel nothing, yeah, it's okay for me to search wisdom and counsel and all those things, and and to try to come up with a, a decision as well. So. But
1: you talking about the marriage thing? Like, did you do, uh, did you do any missionary dating? Like, where you know what I'm talking about? Like, where you find the lost cause? You're did really I, just hung up on somebody because they're the bad girl. But you like make it like. But when she when she gets on fire for God, though, it's gonna be something else. Were you attracted to the bad
0: girl? Uh, um. <laughs> What am I allowed to say here? Like, I don't know. I'm always afraid somebody. Well, no, that, nobody's gonna care about. Is gonna listen and well, be like, you can. You know, I want that to happen. I don't want them to think that's that exactly I, what I mean. So judgmental, to be like, oh yeah, there were a bad girl, you know. But Tony, well, I was a bad kid who thought I was good. But anyway, yeah. but I just totally turned. Somebody, on wouldn't be
1: funny for, if that was true? Like somebody thought that you were there.
0: We both thought it. They
1: yeah. thought that you were, they were saving you.
0: So I had a rule, I had an arbitrary law-based legalistic rule that I would not date someone who was not a believer.
1: Okay. But any any, any, any version version of, it, Like right.
0: just, just a profession was enough. Anything after that. Profession of faith. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And no matter what the heck else they were into. Yeah. No matter what the heck else they were. <laughs> I said, "What else?" And what the what heck? The, and it sounded like I was saying, "What the Hulk?" What the Hulk? Else, okay. they were anyway. The Incredible Hulk. No, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what else they were into, right? Like that was that was such a ridiculous non-standard because I'm in the South. There's not a person around that won't say, "Oh yeah, I got oh, baptized." Yeah. Sure, you know. So it was a ridiculous thing. It was right and, before I got this neck tattoo. <laughs> Not the neck, neck tattoos, Jeez. Johnny. I'm just trying to. God, you're so legalistic. <laughs> I'm so legalistic. It's you really true. Are. If
1: no, you're listening. You have a neck tattoo. No, but be.
0: I remember having girls tell me, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having sex before we're married. Yeah, you know. And I'd be like, Well, look, I'm not going to do that, but we can still date and hang out and whatever, <laughs> you know. And then I, I remember having that conversation with one girl. She was like, I was like, Are you cool with that? Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go all the way, right. Like, I'm having this conversation. Like, yeah. I needed community. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I need somebody to go. And she's like, yeah, I'm cool with that. And she was great. And that was great. And it didn't work out. Uh, shocker. Uh. I know, shocker. But here's the thing. I mean, I, what, I, what I, I hate about that is, I mean, what an opportunity, you know, if, even at that age to, to – not what an opportunity to help somebody. You know, in my own life, she, we weren't helping each other. Yeah, I needed help understanding biblical wisdom. I needed help understanding lust. I needed, she needed help understanding that. Man, you know what? There's such a better way, you know, for us where we are. And yeah. I probably had some self-righteous, judgmental viewpoint that I was holy somehow, you know. And yeah. and she, who knows how she felt, you know. I don't know because I was being too selfish to even find out. So.
1: Well, and it's weird too to be in a relationship where you know that the other person is willing. to...
0: Oh, to yeah. do more than that's you physically. That's a temptation. That you're if you're the know.
1: guy, especially, you
0: like, "What? This yeah. is no. That's yeah. that'd be that'd be hard to do." Yeah, I, I again. And I was a kid. I'm not like I don't judge my. You know, I sometimes hard too harshly judge my younger self. I really struggle with that, like you know. But I do hope. I, I think that missionary dating, I used to say it doesn't work. We used to preach as a youth pastor. Yeah. Don't you bring in those people and you're going to date them and hope. And usually it you didn't You won't bring them up. They'll bring you down. And the deal was usually it didn't work because of community. Because yeah. your relationship's not going to last longer than six months in most high school relationships. Hey, everybody out there, we always used to say this your relationship when you're dating will end in one of three sorry, one of two ways, generally. Yeah. You're going to break up or yeah. you're going to get married. Right And so, if that person came to your youth group because of you, mm-hmm. then most likely the other kids are not going to engage them because they're gonna assume that they're with you and they're fine. Oh okay, well, that's that's you know so and so's girlfriend, and so she's with him and you know, and the girls don't engage like y- y- the context of why you came was that relationship. So then if they come in, they make a decision for Christ, that happened a lot, they're involved, they love it, everything's great, and then y'all break up. The deal is that context is still – that they maybe haven't – so you should say, well, if you're going to do it, that's fine. I would rather you do it than not do it. Bring people around. Just – got to be disciplined to form other relationships, and you other kids got to be disciplined just because that's someone's boyfriend. Dudes, go reach out to him still. Yeah. Build relationships because there may come a day that they're not in that relationship, and then it's awkward for them. Now, it's already awkward. That happens all the time, yeah. Yeah. Somebody comes, and then they – yeah, now I don't want to come back because now you – and if you didn't form relationships, you're going to assume everyone hates you because you hurt someone's feelings. No, that's all. Yeah, but it's, it's tough being a teenager, man. It Good is. great.
1: It's a lot. I was thinking about my favorite thing ever growing up in church and going to church camp and stuff is uh, the phrases that we would use that were somehow worse. They sounded creepier than the thing they were trying to prevent. And my favorite <laughs> example is mixed bathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's so much worse. Mixed bathing sounds so much worse than just boys and girls swimming together.
0: <laughs> it sounds like.
1: It does. It sounds like just a debauched, a just horrible you know, in a Caligula. Single bathtub. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just horrible.
1: Mixed bathing.
0: <laughs> thanks thanks a lot, Preachers, for helping us with that one.
1: I mean, I know it's technically called a bathing suit, but why would you just – Right. Well, that's a, putting... that's
0: a very old – like it's a leftover from yeah. back when bathing suits that were the term. Were the, right, the bathing suits. Yeah, mixed bathing had to come from then. How did bathing suit become a bathing suit? What a weird thing. Like you bathe naked. Yeah, but I think bathing and swimming—the two words—just means it just means getting into water. Why is it not called just a swimsuit? It should just be called a swimsuit. Well, it, it kind of is. It is now. But I'm See saying a previous story People about still say meeting, bathing suit. People still say bathing suit. Still, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, mixed bathing. That's it's funny the things that things are left over. Yeah, yeah, mixed bathing. I always think about that. I don't know why it's the funniest. It probably wasn't yours. You told me the other day because I brought it up. Oh, about the oh peeing in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not yours. Just peeing into
1: the pool. No,
0: that's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> you would always said that. I'm like, sure I
1: gave ample credit. When you know, I There's said a big
0: it. difference between peeing in the
1: pool and being into, into the pool. Yeah. It's important. It's so funny. It's an important distinction. Well, about listen, we I said this about the pool thing because there was a story we talked about how the you would get in the pool and you would, they would threaten the kids. Yeah. We know how much pee yeah. is in this pool. There was a story literally a couple of weeks ago. And it was uh, from a, a Twitter account that I follow called Mental Floss. And they post these weird yeah, yeah. articles, scientific findings and things. And uh, it said, science can now determine how much urine is in your swimming pool. And I was just like, why don't you just title this article, So You Never Want to Swim Again? Because <laughs> <laughs> why would you want to know that? It's a. It's got to be. It's got to be a lot. It's got to be gallons.
0: I don't know, Johnny. I mean, we... I, you treat it, yeah, but it's still. But you're drinking water that has urine in it that's treated well, all it's water. Been, all water is recycled,
1: but it's not. Been, it's been treated and run through a thing. It's not still in right. The urine's not, not just, still a part of you're it. You're not
0: in the petri dish where the chemicals to treat it are being added. Like you're just another thing jumping into it. Yeah, like you're dare. in the water processing plant. It's called a pool.
1: Yeah, and there's like chlorine and other things in there that are that are supposedly diffusing this. And yet I see kids floating on their back, like spouting it like a fountain.
0: You're just like, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. When they get in their mouth, that's when you get that water out of your mouth. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we did it. I it was, wanted it to. It out great. You know, we went to the,
1: I'm going back to Gulf Shores with Curry for our anniversary uh, this Sunday and we're taking the dogs with us this time. So that's going to be a nightmare. But one of the things we've thought talked about is like, what do we call a beach house? Like a little vacation home, you know? But then the sand, it bothers me. After a couple of days, I'm like, eh. So, so then we were talking about, like, we need, like, a, a lake house. We're more lake people, probably. Mm. Lake. Mm. What, you know, there's no sand, whatever. The, you can still swim. You can go boating, whatever it is. And then that night, we're in the hotel. We're watching this show called. Swamp Creatures. No, or something. It's, called, <laughs> it's called I Almost Died or Something Almost Killed Me. And, uh, the host is the guy BD Wong from the, I remember the, uh, father of the bride movies, the Asian dude. Yeah. He's that guy. So he's like, BD Wong's like, here's the case of, and he starts telling this case of these kids who they were fine, totally normal kids. And then four days later they're in the hospital, seven days later, they're dead. Uh, and it was because it's that, it's that yeah. the brain eating amoeba bacteria, yeah. that gets up your nose. It oh, goes yeah. into your brain and eats brain tissue. You don't know why you're sick, and this amoeba slowly. They have a drug decree to, to treat it now, if you can catch it in time. But it. Well, I was just like, we can't. Now we can't have a lake house because we'll be the.
0: When that came out, we were going amoeba. to the lake at 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 my in laws. Yeah. and yeah, that was a. I really was like, Hey, don't put the water in your mouth. <laughs> you know, like you
1: just, well, my mouth's fine. That's what they said. Yeah, it's but, nose. Uh, well, yeah Kids but... don't hold their nose when they jump and it goes straight up their nose. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. but you, again, it's,
1: it's a one in a million or right, whatever. I
0: know, but you just, people often told me I was a one in a million. Did they?
1: <laughs> since I got this brain of me, but I've been preaching a lot better. <laughs> Somehow less is more when it comes to brain tissue. You wouldn't believe it. Oh my goodness. You had no idea. It would explain a lot about you. If I found out John Driver's got a brain in me, I'd be like. It would explain oh. a lot
0: to me about me. Yeah. I think I would feel better.
1: You know, like, oh.
0: <laughs> hey, you got a show tonight. Yeah, Zany's, uh, it's, they're not going to. Right. We'll have already, mm. I won't, this won't be posted. Today. You're going to come to the show. I, I plan on coming to the show. <laughs> so you're going to flake. Johnny. You,
1: we flake on each other though that's, is,
0: that's part of our community
1: It is We're flaky and we're forgiving
0: and we're okay with it Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, so you're featuring
1: I'm featuring which means I'll do the middle spot There's yeah. a host There'll be about 15 I'll do about 25 And then the headliner is a guy named Mark Normand Who is uh pretty well known comic now He just did Jimmy Fallon And he's done some things he's, uh, he's a good comic Really good Really great joke writer So it's cool to do clubs every now and again Um It's a fun, um, a fun, uh, this is an a room. room. Yeah. Clubs kind of, if you don't anything about clubs, like there's a room, B room, C room and a room. It's usually like what talent you can draw, not the room itself. Yeah. So Zanies in Nashville is definitely an a room. They draw big, big name acts. Um, Chris rock worked out his latest Netflix special at Zanies. He did 10 nights in a row. And, um, so it's a great room. And so it'll be fun to do that. So I have that tonight and tomorrow before I leave for the beach. And uh, that will be fun to kind of stretch my legs a little bit uh, on a stage like that. They're fun, but I've always had a good experience there. Some people are like, well, how do you do comedy clubs? I, when I first started doing clubs, I always thought like, is this going to be like, I didn't know what to expect. And it's just, I don't know. I like it. I like the different energy of like somebody who is not necessarily invested in your career at all like what do you really have yeah you can find out what you really have in a
0: club. yeah it's all content you know? yeah yeah it's so. not you can't you can't rely on
1: the room yeah it, you can't rely on politeness right
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it's like no we paid a ticket price bring it right so you make gotta me laugh bring it, so but no, I, no. I, I, it'll be fun I play, I play, and um, if you don't show up I'll know I'm gonna look out there and I'll see you it's a small enough room that I'll be like yeah. John flaked again
0: no here's the deal what if I came and then left though you just didn't see me <sighs> You know what I'm saying? Uh, i would be like, "Dude, great set. Sorry, I had to split." You're like, "Where were you?" I was like, "In the back." Yeah, that's and you'll be you like, could do that. Which table? And I'll be like, "You could lie." The, but third, you said, the third
1: one. You said that you're not going to lie. Remember in, before we first started the show, you said,
0: "I'm not going to lie today." Did I say that? Yeah. Do You mean just for today? Yeah. Just that? But I said that yesterday at three. So after three o'clock today, that's right. You got a right, right, go moratorium back. on the lie. Right. I'm back. Uh, the lie promise. No, I plan on listen. Johnny, notwithstanding Here's the deal. Am I allowed to leave after your set? he's doing his set, then you'll do his set. I think you're gonna like him, but whatever. He's not that.
1: That's kind of rude. Is it? Yeah.
0: Won't there be like an intermission? No. But what if I I'm just so old. It's so hard to stay. It's not up gonna late. be that late. It's an hour and a half show. It'll end at night. It'll end at night. It'll nine. end at night. Yeah. You're guaranteeing me that. Uh-huh. Do I get free food? What time do you go to bed at night, John? Mm. I'm in the bed. <laughs> Go to bed
1: and in the bed. Like, I wish there were more benches around the house.
0: I know. I'm really.
1: Not just at Cole's. I need places <laughs> to sit, at, like, between the kitchen
0: and the dining room. Listen, my wife has a sleeping disorder, yeah. which means we all have a sleeping disorder. What's so... her sleeping disorder? I don't know this. She, yeah, she's just not. She doesn't sleep. Like, so
1: It's it's. That's a disorder. They just name it that.
0: Well, I don't know. She's got
1: a, she doesn't sleep.
0: It's not diagnosed problem. per se, but she just, Uh-oh. she doesn't sleep deeply. She sleeps light. Yeah. So she might wake up and then I'm out and my dog. And there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, Johnny, I just, I, so I used to sleep like a. So you think she's going to be asleep when you get home? Maybe. And then I'll wake her up and then she'll be up all night. Cause she's I like, woke <sighs> her up. Oh, I was sleeping so How good. How is the show? <laughs> That's what she'll ask. Cause she'll want to know. Well, I'll come.
1: Yeah. And then we'll see what happens.
0: All I'll right. probably stay.
1: Now that you I'm going to bring it, and don't be that person. that's like you doing you doing some new stuff. Don't do that. Why? You're my friend, because people do that. I if they've the been following stuff. your comedy for a while, they're like, "You doing any?" Look, I gave you five
0: quality jokes after the last episode, <laughs> and you didn't use any of them. I did show. I didn't. So, I'm not tonight, though. This is you're no not going to do it. This is
1: probably not the show for that.
0: No, 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 not at Zany's. Although the one show, the one joke you said you couldn't use in churches might work, but I don't think it'll be that funny here. It's not like. No, it's not dirty. Apparently, we just can't. Right. I can't even John's say what the topic blue. is. <laughs> John's going blue over here. It's fine. <laughs> look. Well, I look forward to hearing you, man. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. And then uh, next week you'll be out. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe I can call you in. Maybe this time you'll be able. Well, I'm to home Thursday, so we can still record. Oh, you're only going till Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. So. Maybe I'll call you in anyway, just yeah. across the room. Let's try so, it. Yeah, it'd be great. So, hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to share. I've been told uh, that we need to actually bring comments you're sending onto the show and kind of do that more regularly. Oh, right. But did that you? only works if you give comments. Oh, so did. or questions. Like, what's a topic? What's something you oh, want? Oh, sure. Yeah, we'd we love to do that. Yeah. So be sure that you send those. Uh, you can actually uh, you can tweet them at us. You can go at Johnny um, Johnny underscore W uh, uh-huh. or at John underscore Driver. You can go to At talk about no, talk like AB a, 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 that I forgot it yeah. Talk
1: AB that pod yeah.
0: <laughs> Just just do it to one of us if you want So, But uh, exciting stuff We had a good month again in uh, July With you guys uh, being a part So begin to share and we appreciate it And we're looking forward to more episodes and more topics with you here on Talk about that